This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
the South Down first time this year that I've really felt um, a real atmosphere between both sets of fans. So the the Blackpool fans, to be fair to them, the ones that weren't absolute Jordan idiots and down towards the bottom end of it, um, sang, kept the team going, joined in, gave us loads of grief. Absolutely an epitome of what an away team fans performance should be. Um, one of them just randomly was talking as he came out of the ground, oh, you got lucky there. And yeah, probably probably did. Like Cosy said, it turned on that, that sending off. But we scored three goals, they scored two. Three points to the Mighty Terriers. Cheers. Right, guys, I'm going to dive in because we've got a couple of people watching online and they, you know, they happily pointed out to us we had no sound for the first five minutes. Uh, I think Matt forgot to press a button. So well done, Matt, getting to grips with this new software as usual. This is why I obviously didn't go to university and pass an, an audio technician course, but we are live now. It's working. Um, <laughs> so I'll give a, a little bit of a brief of what we've done and then I'll probably probably cut this video a little bit short. So I did obviously did a fantastically entertaining introduction as always, monologuing as I do. Um, and essentially we had a quick chat about Huddersfield 3, Blackpool 2. You know, the Danny Ward goal we thought was absolutely superb. You know, that's the exact type of goal that you love to see, you know, a cross and a header, you know, shades of Gerard versus uh, Gerard and Andy Carroll, England, Sweden, wasn't it? And uh, and obviously Town 3, 2. And, and like Cosy was saying, the game really sort of swung on the, the sending off with, you know, Gabriel, you know, Gabriel at Christmas, you know, getting himself sent off. You know, there was Stephen Chicken had fun with his uh, with his writing with that one. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think we all th kind of thought, you know, without that sending off Blackpool were in cruise control really. And they were really looking like the team in command, the team in the ascendancy. And, um, you know, and, and it really swung and town really went for it. And credit to Carlos as well. We talk about the Carlos roller coaster. You know, he threw on a, no an, a large number of attacking options. Jordan Rhodes came on link, looked pretty decent. Uh, Daniel Sinani dropped into central midfield and Oliver Turton came on, uh, played, didn't he? At sort of right back. And it really freed Sauber Thomas up to, to do what he does best on the right wing. And he really went at it. And, you know, the moments that were created by Sauber Thomas, the one-twos, fantastic, Cosy, weren't they? I know we've done this, but it's just for the I benefit of those that didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, sensational. And, uh, you know, that's what we want to see from, from Sauber. It might be that Reading game where he was sensational. That was a long, a long time ago at home. And, uh, yeah, I think the nice thing about it for me was that, I suppose you... You know, when you're watching your best teams, I don't know, your Man Cities and what have you, when it got to 2-2, I thought there's only one winner. We're going to win this year. I really thought we were going to go and win it. I didn't think it were a draw. It, I just had that good feeling and I knew we'd do it. I didn't think we'd win it with such a fantastic goal. So, again, the belief that we've got that just from from probably the Bristol game, really, that you kind of transferred into that were fantastic. But like you said, Matt, such a strange game because for, for long spells, they looked so much better than us and... I, like you say, I thought they were going to pull away two, three, four, one or something at any point. And I'll probably come on to it later on. But I've watched quite a lot of championship games this uh, Christmas. I've been uh, fed up of watching uh, Strictly and all that stuff. So, I've honestly, and it's incredible, the games I've watched, there's not hardly any difference in the teams today. Mm. That Stoke Preston game, a great example where you won't believe who were up there and who were down there. And then when you kind of analyse the table at any, you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, Preston win the games in hand. They'll go both us and Stoke. So, it's just carnage and I love it. I absolutely love the division because you if you don't bring your, your A game, you're not going to win and uh, luckily Town brought it on Boxing Day but thanks to uh, that red card, big time. Un 100%. There seems to be a spirit about them, don't they? At the minute, there wasn't maybe in 
October, November time, and it, it was just a bit meh, wasn't it? They just they didn't appear to be any energy, any any passion. And uh, but over the last few games, it, it's it's becoming more like what I like to go and watch football for. You can you can keep your your, your clinical nice passing moves and all that type of stuff in your tactics. I want to see energy, enthusiasm and a people who, who care about wearing the shirt of the club that, that I love. And it, and it just feels like we've got a little bit of that, that back. So, yeah, it was... Um, it, it, of all the games, I missed the Blackburn home game. I think we might have been away on holiday. So that Blackpool game is my absolute top game of the season so far. It was, mm. it was a great watch. I do want to address a negative, though. I am going to have to address this negative. And the negative on the day was the absolute pillock in the middle, Jeremy Simpson. And this is a referee I cannot stand. He is a terrible, terrible referee when I see him at Huddersfield Town. You know, Gary Medine, whether Gary Medine meant to plant his elbow on Tom Lees or not is another discussion. And to be honest, it's that that long ago now I'm, I'm past, past that. But Jeremy Simpson's decision to play on when that was a couple of yards right in front of him and he saw Tom Lees pretty much face plant you know, on the ground, I thought was was really poor refereeing and Harry Toffolo took a yellow card screaming at him to stop the game. I just felt that in terms of, we're, we're now living in, a, living in an era whereby safeguarding is paramount. You know, we've seen a lot of things happen, you know, the results of, you know, COVID, etc. You know, a lot of people are, are struggling, you know, with, uh, you know, inside and outside the grounds at the minute. But in, in terms of a safeguarding perspective, I just thought that was a really poor moment from this referee and, he, like I say, he's not on my Christmas list anyway, but I don't know what you guys thought, but I just thought that is, it was really negligible from the referee. And I think I'm probably stopped there before he sues me. I think the thing for me, Medina and Leeds were teammates, so there's no malice in it unless they hated each other at Sheffield Wednesday. But I don't know, Matt, I, well, you see so many players going down now to try and get a game stopped and what have you and that as well. I know you could think, well, they should have Tom Leeds experience pro. He knows he wouldn't go down doing it. I can kind of forgive him a little bit for kind of playing on, to be honest, Matt, because I've seen so many games this season, probably more on Spanish TV, to be fair, than English, but where guys are going down, trying to get a game stopped and using the head injury as a as an excuse, really, to think, oh, they'll definitely stop it there. You know, I've seen people clutching their face and they, they, it's kind of elbowed the bottom of the, kind of t- top of the chest and stuff, so... Yeah, it, obviously, when you look back on it and, and see it and stuff, it does look bad. And obviously, there's a lot of being said about head injuries in recent years and stuff. But I don't know. I maybe wasn't as outraged as you were, Matt. It's maybe because I hate the guy advantage. so much. <laughs> he's, he's played advantage, hasn't he? Stroud, yeah. is that his name? The referee's played. No, played Jeremy, Sim- Jeremy Simpson, Jeremy Simpson, this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he thinks that Lee's has fouled Medine. But that Lee's ends up in a heap, and I, I, I know what you mean, because I was a little bit. Mm, is he? Is it just the typical? They've broken down the other end, so we're just going to lie, prostrate, and see if we can get the, the player called back. But um, I think he let, obviously let it go too long. Did, did they have a chance to score? If I remember right, yeah, they had it just wide, didn't they? Yeah, so you've got to say that they should have been. The, the, I don't, the fourth official does there whether they're supposed to keep an eye on the player and whether they can get a message onto the referee to say, "Hang on a minute." we need to stop playing because it's a serious injury because he didn't move did he for for minute after minute you know, my lad was getting a little bit worried for him because you know he, he hadn't just hadn't moved at all and obviously what was it, about 10 minutes he was down for so um thankfully he's all right now and he but yeah it was a worrying time mm. let's move on from that john pearson online says yeah always been a poor referee jeremy simpson and uh we'll move on from that and we were talking just before we we switched the audio on 
Uh, we were talking about Sorba Thomas, sponsored by AKLD, weren't we, Andy? Um, we were. The, you know, is is with young players. I think he's taken a bit of stick, Sorba, hasn't he? And with young players, you you're always going to get peaks and troughs. Scott High's the same. You know, he's taken a lot of stick as well. But you're always going to get good performances mixed in with bad. You know, and they're obviously you're going to get that graph, aren't you, going up and down and We've seen Sauber go, re- you know, skyrocket high. You know, it's like cryptocurrency, isn't it? You know, it's, he went sky and then he, and then he dipped again. But he's really come back around. And that Blackpool game, he was, he was sensational that last twenty-five minutes. And he played with a confidence that maybe he's not, you know, in the previous month. And that second goal, Andy, is just absolutely superb. And is your mate? You sponsor him. Tell us how good Sauber Thomas's uh, Sauber Thomas's uh, performance were. And it's great to see him get those goals as well because you could tell he absolutely loves it. He's, he's not my mate. I've never met the guy. Hopefully I will do as part of picking me <laughs> his shirt up at the end of the year. The reason that I sponsored him was on his Instagram b- back in July. He was driving around a holiday park in Wales on his nan's um, mobility scooter. And I thought, <laughs> I like this guy. So that's why we decided we hadn't seen him play before then. Um, it just it just showed everything that I'd want. He, he tried. He did it quickly as well. You know, I'm passionate about things happening quickly. If we're going to do stuff, we need to do it quicker. And that's what we did. I think when, when we, they went down to 10 men, we moved the ball quickly. And that created the space for him to run into. When he gets tackled for the corner, that um, he gets wiped out, doesn't he? And they, we get a corner from it, the corner that we scored the third goal from. He almost bounces back up to his feet and then jogs back into the position. And I, and I just loved that. That energy. He's a young kid. Things will go right for him, as you say. Things will go wrong for him. But um, he was only playing like non-league football a year ago. So he's, he's as you said, everybody said this, haven't they? But he's bound to have um, fluctuations in performance, and he's bound to go up and down in terms of contributions to games. But yeah, I mean that that was a bit of luck. It's gone through about three pairs of legs, hasn't it, to <laughs> to hit the back of the net? He could have gone anywhere, but thankfully it's the, mm. it went where we wanted it to, to go. So yeah. The, the, thing, the, thing, the thing that impressed me, obviously, we'll come on the next two games very shortly, but at Nottingham, he took that into the first game. He took that into the first 30 seconds and, and rattled their back. Mm-hmm. And, the bar, at Blackburn yeah. yesterday, I was on the front row. We uh, Neil, obviously, a friend of the pod. And the way he glides around players, it was incredible. There were an incredible run in the second half yesterday where he, he just glut. He was kind of one-on-one with a full-back and he just... He went past him like he wasn't there, but he just kind of old-fashioned like winger. I love it. I don't know how to describe it. He just he just kind of glided around the guy, and he had no magic bread. The fullback couldn't even tackle him. Obviously, he's risking everything there, couldn't put in a tackle in the area. The, the cutback wasn't great, and I think that's been one of the few of the issues, hasn't it, kind of recent months. But yeah. he really has got more in his locker than just like a winger beating people. He can shoot, can pass. He's... Energised, and I think what I like yeah. about it, the interview after the game against Blackpool, he mentioned about the crowd, how it made such a difference to him, how it kind of got the the team over the line and stuff. And I do think sometimes the supporters don't realise what such a great effect it, they can have on that as well. Yeah. And every player's different and motivated by others. If you if you look at think of the COVID times and that as well, there were players that were playing. I mean, Karoma probably caught no him, but you know there were no crowds there. And they were on fire. I mean, there's probably no connection with why. It's, you know, it's been terrible this season, but I'm just thinking, Sober Thomas is a guy with energy, a guy, you know, if the crowd get, get on his side and that as well, he's a man that, you know, he just thrives off it and a full city ground again on Thursday night, he was really, really good in there as well and, uh, yeah, I love it and isn't it great that, you know, after that dip, he's coming back again and 
thought it, I thought it were a good management as well by Carlos on, on Thursday night, but they only give him an hour. So we got again another full power sober Thomas on, uh, and he's playing pretty much all the games and stuff as well. Where a lot of us <coughs> obviously he's injured now, Aaron's, but you know we were calling for a you know a change in why is he still playing? So again, I think it's Carlos one, rest of us nil because he knows his player better than anyone. Let's move on to Nottingham Forest as well. Cosy, you went to this game. You, you absolutely love the city of Nottingham, don't you? And the Trent and everything oh, down there. The fish and chips yeah. at the West Bridgeford and Hooters, I think, is one of your favourite haunts, isn't it? So we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on to we'll move on to this game. And it was the almost almost the Blackburn game in reverse, really, this in that we were pretty good, I thought, for the first half hour. I thought we were really slick. Um we were very sharp and threatening and you know, there's a lot of one touch passing and we we pr- Transitioned really well throughout the thirds. I thought we played really well that first half hour, uh, and then Dwayne Holmes scored, and what's what's a really decent move as well. Uh, and uh, Dwayne's had a good time lately as well, and I th- I'm quite pleased to see you know Dwayne get that moment and you know and go and celebrate with the fans at the end because he's he's you know he's had a good time lately. You know, coming off the back of maybe a rough time as well. You know, where it's probably not the move to move back home's probably not quite gone as well as maybe what he'd have hoped. And it's he's, again, he's dipped in and out, you know, peaks and troughs. Um, but I thought it was great. I thought Danny Ward going off was a, was a bit of a negative for us. I thought that, you know, Jordan Rhodes came on. I thought Jordan was excellent at defend, you know, defending from the, you know, in terms of corners and set pieces and coming back, but you could tell his lack of match fitness, you know, and they, you know, he's, he's, pressing from the front and you know, the holding the ball just wasn't really there at times for him. But, you know, he, he really battled manfully and it was a real, and I think that sort of uh, typified the performance as well in that, you know, everybody, you know, whether they were tired, injured, whatnot, they all really scrapped and fought and it was a real battling performance and only Nottingham Forest will know how they didn't at least get a point in that game with uh, Brennan Johnson missing that open goal pretty much. But you, you, it's, it's, this is why you fall in love with teams, isn't it, Cosy? You, you go to Nottingham and you see people like Matty Pearson heading everything away from the box, you know, putting everything on the line, the whole team, you know, putting everything in there. Not not one passenger, nobody shirking. And okay, maybe Nottingham Forest were the better side on the day, but Huddersfield Town laid down for nobody and they battled, they scrapped and they fully earned those three points. Oh, we were sensational. I was absolutely buzzing that. For me, that was a sweeter win as we've had all season. No, we kind of pinched it at Bramall Lane. That was a big win, but fantastic. And, uh, we signals that obviously I mentioned there, Thomas we signals intentions early doors and the goal brilliant. I think what I liked about what Steve Cooper was saying, they were really they watched videos of our left hand side, they were proper aware of Toffolo, they were proper aware of kind of Holmes and stuff, but they couldn't do anything to stop it. And you know what, Dwayne Holmes, God, we've given some stick on here and a lot of the fans have as, as well, and we were a bit underwhelmed with him coming back, I'll be honest with you. But the one thing I like about it, although it nearly caused him to get a red yesterday. He really gives a shit. His passion for Huddersfield Town is massive. And yeah, we didn't need to see even that at the end with the crowd and took his shirt off or what have you. We see it week in, week out. He really does care. He, he's a good lad, he's doing. He's a good lad. Shouting at the linesman yesterday. We had some really good views because we saw at the front and stuff. But yeah, the goal were really good. It's a bit difficult at the city ground when you're in and out of him because it's everything at the other end is kind of far away. It's a bit like in the South Stand, really. You know, you don't get because you're quite low down you know, yeah. if you're on the way of the bit is. But yeah, it was brilliant. And to be honest, yeah, all right, Forrest easily could have made us a case for it. We were chatting after him in one of the bars. It wasn't Hooters, by the way. A lot of town fans <laughs> did get in there. I don't know what that says, though. How many people moaning that they couldn't get in? But I don't know. But uh, they were saying it's just the division summed up. We couldn't have argued if we'd lost three or four. One there, maybe four, a bit arse, but three, one. 
but we deserved it. And uh, just, just I love to see bodies on the line and commitment. It's it's old school. And we've Warnock, got Warnock flashbacks, aren't they? Oh, we've got people who care now and that as well. And to be honest, we probably, well, knowing Tarnie, we wouldn't have done anyway, but when Sinani fluffed his moment in the second half, he, you're thinking, here we go, is that where we've missed his opportunity? But again, Lee Nichols, fantastic, you know, and yeah, you need a bit of luck. We got that when it bounced off the bar and obviously the guy with a, with a shocking miss. But again, we had this moment as well, was it? Oh, Brian, was that, that were a brilliant save, was it from Samba? Sensation, they were going one way and the other. So it wasn't exactly a, yeah, they, they had a lot of possession, they had a lot of chances and easily could have won the game. But I don't think it was one-sided as kind of some of the uh, reports I read after. But what what a ground though. We've, we've lost a couple of times, but every time I go there, we always see it get a result. And yeah, we're buzzing. 1,300 town fans. One of those where it's easily, oh, we're at Blackburn on Thursday, it's Christmas, costly. But 1,300 and non-people give it shit and they were so rewarded. And it was just a brilliant night. I love it there. The lights were on. And at the end, the celebrations were fantastic. And, you know, give massive credit for Carlos and that as well. He's got one over Steve Cooper again. I think it's that mm. third time in a row. Love it, man. Yeah, yeah he, is. He's, he does definitely get one over uh, Ned Schneebly, doesn't he? Uh, Andy, um, <coughs> overall, I think maybe maybe a touch fortunate, but possibly, but um, just brilliant. It's like, it's absolutely fantastic. When you go to Nottingham, one of the best things or worst things, depending on your, your viewpoint when you go to Nottingham, is uh, when they score and they sing, you've lost that loving feeling to you. And it's just such a, a brilliant shithouse song, isn't it, by by supporters? Because, you know, it, it winds a lot of people up and, and it sounds pretty good. Um, but to keep a clean sheet there, you know, okay, take Johnson's miss aside. Um, Lee Nichols, you know, he's he's really, he's becoming a real favourite, isn't he, among among Huddersfield fans. He's, he's a really strange one for me as Lee Nichols because... Well, not strange. It's it's very very simple. He he's very good, very very good at the very basics of being a goalkeeper. You know, he's he's very good at commanding his six yard box, his communication, his organising, his awareness. He's off the scale. You know, his his awareness of where the ball's going to go is is fantastic. But he never makes what you would class as world. You know, these flying world class saves. You know, everything that is you know the save at Nottingham and QPR, pretty much straight at him. But it's his positioning and his knowing of where of reading the situation and he's there in the first place is you can see why he's becoming a huge favorite, you know, and obviously if you missed that Blackburn game, you missed an amazing slow reaction dive that he did against Blackburn to waste time. It was, it was absolutely outstanding, but he's, he's becoming a huge favorite and he deserves it, doesn't he? It absolutely does. Yeah. That forest was a big game for me because we haven't got one, but two forest supporting dads in my lad's team. And when they beat us at home, they both rocked up in Forest kit to the game on the, the, the morning after. So, you know, I, I had to get some bragging rights back. And I only saw one of them. Only one of them turned up. Shit house. Um, yeah, absolute. Yeah. The other one said his lad had got COVID or something. So, <laughs> not, not, not. Yeah. Um, so I got full kit on and then I got my tracksuit and I got a T-shirt underneath and everything. If I could have found me town underpants, I'd have had my town underpants on display as well for him to bless him. But he said one word... And that word was robbery. And, yeah, well, I can't disagree with him. I only saw the first half because I was that nervous. I had to go in the bath for the second half. I just couldn't <laughs> face watch it on the telly. Um, and I, w- I was getting updates from from the uh, from the room about how we were getting on. But it it just appeared that all the stats were in Forest's favour. Everything pointed to an easy home win, but just every now and again, you get one of those games where the opposition just can't score. You nick a goal, and you know 
you you should tell us a point uh, three points and that's what we did and that's what you'll, you'll take it all day long. I, th- I thought we would we deserved a point and you know probably a bit asked to, to get a win there but against Sinan it's full frustrating I don't understand the guy I asked the question to a few people at halftime at Blackburn would you want to sign him some were saying if he's available on a free I'll get him others were saying I wouldn't want to pay anything for him the guy is so weird I know we were waxing lyrical weren't we the Bristol City podcast but horrendous miss and it affected his confidence the rest of the game there and we were pretty anonymous again uh, yesterday he would park and he's uh, up and down isn't he I think that's the best way to describe him the guy's an odd odd player I, I, I don't know you know you can see why Norwich have offered, obviously said you can have him if you want him, but really, I'm not. His value—he's <laughs> just such a strange player. He's one of the ones I've not no kind of judged. It's, I thought he would turn in the corner, but ooh. inconsistent. I think inconsistent. We'll, we'll say we'll say inconsistent. <laughs> what we—he's—he's he's done a few of those bad misses this season. You remember his debut against Everton, where he—he he sort of it was on his right foot, wasn't it? About six yards out, and he, you know, slashed at it wildly. Um, but the goal against Bristol City is fantastic. I think it's just championship footballer, you know, attacking footballer. It's probably rated around the half a million bit mark, I would say, you know, and, and when you get players like that, they'll they'll do the moments of genius every now and then. I think if he was probably producing a couple a couple of those Bristol City performances, you know, every month, then we probably wouldn't have had him. He'd be at Norwich because they're not doing very well, are they, this season? So, you know, it, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Um Shall we move on to move on to Blackburn? I think um, let's have a look online. Uh, Jacob Hurst said about the Blackpool game uh, really showed how far we've come against Blackpool. We gave two soft goals away, but still managed to come back. We've all said how solid Blackpool are and were, but we've put six past them this year, and that's a good point. Um, do you know it's quite good? I think four of those as well have made the uh, Andy takes that chance top ten goals of twenty twenty one as well. So um, there we go. Uh, six of them were against a team that started with black. There you go. Ironic, um, but let's move on to uh, let's move on to Blackburn because Cosy, you went with uh, with the big man, yeah, Manuel Noah. Before we spoke about before, before we, you're going to talk about the cues about any football. <laughs> what an absolute what an absolute disgrace that was yesterday. An absolute joke. There were people tweeting me said they were going home because it was absolutely pouring down. We took, honestly the game. I thought we we thought another 20 minutes of that rain that game would have been off because. The ball were not holding up in the warm. It was unbelievable. But going back to the tickets, fast, absolute disgrace. We got there at 12 o'clock and we're like, there's a big queue. I'm like, what's going on here? They're waiting to see the players come in or what I'd be on that. So, oh, no, this is for tickets. Well, there's four booths. Two of them are shut. Two of them are open. Then this guy's shouting, right, cash only. It's like, so I'm like, hang on a minute, mate. So there's only one of them got a card uh, reader. Yeah. It's just like, so hang on a minute here. So you've got, it's two hours before kickoff. You've got other super fans who have been told it's pay on the turnstile, which is bollocks because it's not a turnstile. You pay at this ticket office before you even get anywhere near the turnstile with your COVID pass. So that's obviously not going to help, you know, speed and stuff. And it was a disgrace. And and I kind of went for a bit of what got caught in that deluge, come back, kind of come back into the ground about quarter past one. The queues were absolutely horrendous. And to be honest with you, with the rain as it is, I don't blame people for turning around because we've lost the money. But I'm sorry, it's like, we're, we're on about COVID here and we're on about, you know, this COVID pass. So, yeah, let's let's just like open two out of four places. One of them's not even got a card reader. So And then people stood next to each other and that as well. It was an absolute disgrace. And this is a team who, like, 
was Premier League one of the champions in '94. Honestly, mate, you'd see better organisation at Liverpool or you know, or City United. It was a disgrace and Blackburn to me embarrassing. And then when you get in the ground, so again you're thinking, okay, COVID and stuff. So you've got that massive end, the top and bottom tiers. Mm. Obviously, it must be a cost cutting thing. <coughs> Blackburn ends well. So why not open the bloody whole thing up? So you had us all bunched into that side and that as well. There's people piling in late that are pissed off anyway because it's like 20 minutes gone and stuff like that as well. They're soaked to the skin. They paid 30 quid. And they're like, they've been told. And then, so the stewards before were saying like, you know, sit in your seat, sit in your seat. And then all of a sudden they abandoned that. So right, sit anywhere. It would have bloody shambles from start to finish there and that as well. And there's, honestly, I'm, I'm surprised that more won't matter. I think because our performance were that good, people will get on with it. But that's bollocks that. And that's like a team probably, in my opinion, could be Premier League next year. They need to really, uh, you know, be accountable for that. End of uh, rant. Mm, no, interesting. Uh, I didn't go, um, so I you have my sympathy on that one. I thought about it, but ended up not going. Um, let us know online if you were affected by that as well. I did actually see a few stories where people turned up, queued in the rain, and then got there and realised it was thirty quid at the ticket office, and then turned around and went back to the pub. Which, you know, if you after you spent so long queuing, I'd be like, you know, but but there we go. Um, yeah, Jonathan Adamson, just going back to Sinani, says, understand what you mean about Sinani, but a streaky player who pulls things out of the bag is better than a hard worker that does nothing. Uh, Kachunga, uh, Scott High, a bit harsh on Scott High. Uh, he's also a left foot set piece option. To be fair, his set pieces are very good, Sinani. You know, he's, he's balls into the box, so we'll give Sinani a bit of credit for that. Um, but yeah, Blackburn. So, uh, <laughs> tough start, that cause. Um, you know, the first half hour, I thought we were going to get absolutely battered, you know, and there's a couple of contentious decisions. Mowbray lost his uh, lost his rag, um, which was quite fun to see. He lost his rag really over Toffolo fouling someone on the touchline that didn't get given. But really, the 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 ire of his wrath, if you like, was about a penalty decision on Ben Brereton Diaz. But it can do one because Tom Lee's is, Tom Lee's does potentially foul Brereton, but it's outside the box, so it's not a penalty. And then Matty Pearson and Ben Brereton Diaz just come together hip to hip and there's nothing nothing going there. But I think, uh, you know, so for me, nothing going. Keith Stroud gets that one right. If he, if, he give, if he gives a foul against Tom Lees, no problem. It's outside the box. You know, it's never a penalty in a million years. So shut up, Tony. And, um, you know, the, on, on Pearson, there's, there's nothing going wrong there either. So, you know, but that start, I, you know, and Dwayne Holmes got tackled by a puddle, didn't he? After about 20 minutes, you know, Town had a breakaway and Holmes tried to dribble it through the middle of the pitch and he, he ended up going into the, you know, Blackburn half and the ball stayed behind. You know, it, it was quite a, a quite a strange a strange start, but I thought Town did really well, Andy, to sort of come back into that game and it just shows the sort of mental toughness that they've got where last year, you know, 12 months, maybe not 12, maybe 10 months ago, they'd have rolled over and the, the performance at Blackburn last year was one of the worst that you'll see from a Huddersfield team in this century, it was it was appalling. But this one, complete polar opposite, where they've really sort of again mental toughness, aptitude, and you know it's the sort of things we love to see, really. And you know they deserved, you know they dug in and really got what they deserved in the end. Yeah, I didn't go, haven't been able to see any of it, but from the um, from the brief highlights that I've, I've seen um, and what's been mentioned online, absolutely deserved it. A point there. Um, all the tweets are straight after the game. Great point, great point, good point. So you know, a lot of people saying saying the same things. Um, that, that maybe there is something going on. Maybe there, there's 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 a lot of talk about how well they get on off the pitch. You know, they 
and I think Danny Schofield said in his post-match stuff about um, you know that, um, that, that he's never seen a group of, of, of players that that get on as well as these guys do, and something a big pinch of salt with that because you hear a lot of that from a, every club tells you how great the, the players mm-hmm. love each other and they're around each other's houses for breakfast and all that type of stuff, and usually it's utter rubbish. But maybe there is something about the way that these these the, the culture that that Corbrand's been been generating at town. Are, I don't, I don't know, but there's, there's something going on, um, and more power to it. I'll be interested to see what what side we put out at Burnley. I don't think it will be a full strength side by any stretch of the imagination, um, but maybe it'll be a chance to give some of my lads in the B team um, a run out. But yeah, chuffed a bit. If somebody said to us, that I, I would have taken, been happy with just one point from those two really tricky away fixtures. If you'd have asked me, you know, before I said we might get a point one way, but to get four amazing stuff so mm. and still being top six at, at this point I, I genuinely can't say staying there but you never know you know that's because he said already the, the results keep sort of flipping our way don't they and to, you need a bit of that um for me to, yeah to, i thought it were the best points since chelsea away for the best away points of chelsea since that the potter 100 we played a top team there who were absolutely destroying anyone in front of them and that as Good well side. and you know what they couldn't take it yesterday because they just expected us to roll over and die they probably didn't because they they saw us on thursday and we a bit of backbone it was brilliant and uh, we were really getting uh, we were really getting on their nerves and that as well <laughs> so much so that a pathetic incident later on it with uh Dwayne Holmes, I, we were like well we were furious at you that was also another to a goal yeah. they put this incident on two or three times deliberately you know, trying to get the crowd like bad, and that that will bollocks for that. And then Blackburn again, never mind the ticket thing; they should be pulled up on that as well. But I loved it, the fact that you stay. It made me really proud that you know this was a team that we've talked in this podcast a couple of seasons, last couple of seasons. I can't ident- identify this team. I don't. Mm-hmm. They don't kind of represent me, you know. And when you yeah. think, of, you know, likes of dear, let's name them: Dear Carby, you know, and Benza. Bakuna, they wouldn't have been up for that yesterday in the rain and the pissing rain at Ewood, mate. They'd have been nowhere to be seen. We'd have gone under five or six yesterday. It'd have been bollocks. They're, they're a top team. I think they'll go up, to be honest with you. They, they, I suppose Brennan Diaz keeps that up. But, yeah, and we just stood there and we'd be counting that as well. And, yeah, while we never kind of really looked like scoring, we were doing everything that we need to do. And, and Matt, you were so right there. When you said the first 20 minutes, I thought we were going to go under big time because... They start so so strong as you'd expect, really, with their home records. Is it best in England or something like that? Someone was saying. Yeah. Me and Neil looked at each other. It's like well, bloody hell! It's going to be a long afternoon here. But we just managed to get back in the game. Didn't we? we got a foothold in, and when we decided that the middle of the pitch was where the, the lake was, and we decided to kind of go a bit wide, we were really good. And, and uh, yeah, again, some real heroes uh, there. I thought negatively. I thought Lewis O'Brien were absolutely shocked. It was one of the yeah. worst games I thought did all right. that I've ever seen yeah. But and we're probably going to come on to it now. But I cannot remember a performance as good against a top team in in kind of in the last two, three, four seasons than Levi Cole was just it were absolutely sensational. And I didn't realise someone sent me a tweet today, I think some Chelsea guys put this video together of what mm. they did yesterday, yeah. some funky music. <laughs> oh man, it was sensational. Me me and Neil again were looking at sort of like Bloody hell, he's on fire. This half time, we were saying, What a performance, Levi Colwell. They asked, uh, I think the crowd, the stadium announcer asked uh, someone to move a Mercedes, and I thought, That's don't go, leave the ground, Colwell, mate, because you're like <laughs> the Merc. 
<laughs> the Rolls Royce, yeah. Someone's left a Rolls Royce parked in the Huddersfield penalty box. How good? How good were he yesterday? Mate, he was outstanding against Forest as well. The two games, we have, I've got like players, individuals that have stood out coming up next. And if you're listening to us still online, if you've not gone to sleep yet, you know, let us know who's really um, stood out for you over the last three or four games. But Matt, Levi Cole will just and Matty Pearson as well. Absolutely, a pair of them, absolutely outstanding. I thought, and it was a brilliant rearguard performance by the Matt, back which three. Which were the game where? Which were the game where Colwell had? I don't know, a shocker, but he, he gave a what it won, but two goals away. Which one? It was it Middlesbrough. I can't remember. Uh, he, he gave he gave the first one away against it. Bristol City uh, a couple of weeks ago. He, he that one it yeah that one it. And I thought in a way I thought that's that's development. You need. Yeah. I know it's not great, but you're gonna go learn on the job in that. Man, honestly, it's amazing that he's just come back from that and just brushed it off. He looks just a serious footballer, and again. You know, the back three was sensational again. Yesterday, Tom Lees came back, you know, Class. absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, honestly, we, I, I, that just felt like a win yesterday to me because you knew that we'd gone to a, you know, really good side and, and caused them problems as well. And, uh, yeah, honestly, this sort of still town side. And it made me think, I, I suppose, I know what you're saying, Andy, and I, I, my heart does feel, yeah, you know, mid-table, but... Yeah. Stuff like yesterday, you're thinking, okay, if Dean gets excited in January and brings in a, you know, maybe someone to give Scott Irest a, a proper creative midfielder and maybe a, a striker, then, then why not? And and but that, more kind of games like that, we we're fantastic, and uh, it's just everything I want to see in a town team: bodies on the line, people caring, people shouting at linesmen because they're not getting the decisions. We've got to spit it back, Andy. Whatever happens this year, hopefully it won't go tits up like last season, but. Those injuries were a lot to do with that, I think, as well. But it, we've got all your town is back, and and that means a lot to me because it's worth. I know probably some didn't go for thirty quid, but it's worth watching for me. And it just frustrates me that that people still won't give Carlos anything. I I've never known anything like it, apart from Lou Macari. I mentioned it after the what the Blackpool game, but it just feels like that people just won't have Carlos. Some will not have him, and. Even though we're doing so well, and for me, exceeding expectations with the group of players it's got, they won't have him. And it's, mm. it's weird. I just don't get it. And some I, people dig dig the people. dig the trench dirt, and they don't leave. That's the I think that's the thing, isn't it? But um, yeah, weird. Dwayne Holmes, you were mentioned. You were talking a little bit there about how they showed the incident on the big screen. I think you your iPad went a little bit glitchy during the middle of that. But you were mentioning that um, Dwayne Holmes was, you know that that potential red card incident was flashed up on the screen and you're not allowed to do that in the Premier League, you know, show contentious decisions. And it did feel like the whole game, Blackburn were constantly trying to influence the referee. Uh, you know, that uh, the guy at the back, what was he called, Van Heck, you know, the, the centre-back, he was constantly going, you should have given us a penalty, you know, holding two fingers up all the time, we should have had two penalties, etc. Yeah, he, he were an absolute knob, that guy. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, 
we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And he should have been sent off yeah. as well. So he's, he, you know. Um, but Dwayne Holmes, do you think that was a red card? I, th- I think maybe the saving grace is the defender comes across and pushes him and he slips a little bit. But for me, it was a little bit daft from Dwayne. It looked, it looked initially like he was going to go, I'm going to do with this bastard. And then he went, oh crap, no. And then he just slipped. <laughs> it kind of felt a bit like that. I thought he was probably a bit lucky in that if he'd have been sent off, he probably couldn't in real time, really Matt. have it. it might... Yeah. It didn't feel it in real time, Matt, but again, we were in the front row and what have you. And, and I think as well, the conditions probably made the referee think, is it, you know, slipped and what have you and stuff as well. But it's one of those, I think, you do look back, you think, yeah, if it had gone, you, you can't, can't really argue as, as well. But it's, uh, yeah, it's we got stuck in, we, we give it to them and that as well. And uh, yeah, we, we looked threatening a little bit on the break and that as well. And it would have. If you thought Forrest were a robbery, I think yesterday might have been yeah, a big one. But you know what? Nichols didn't really do much, did he, Matt? You know, one save maybe. Thomas much. Thomas cleared one, not off the line, yeah, but six yards. Yeah. I yeah, I didn't think I I, I thought we limited them. I thought we were excellent at the back and we limited them. The penalty incident with O'Brien, do you reckon you, you it was probably right in front of you? That what? How did you see that one? It was right at the end of the first half, wasn't it? Where the diagonal came across, and it was headed back against Lewis, and um, it seems to hit him on the arm. Um, but I thought I would... He hit him on the arm, but I did think he couldn't, he couldn't do it about it. That's, that's what I thought. So I had a look at the handball rule because, you know, I have to be the geeky one of this podcast. And the penalty... Because uh, I, I don't know what the bloody rules are anymore because they change things that often, don't they? I've, I've got absolutely no idea. So I had a quick look and <coughs> apparently the hand or the arm is clearly away from the body, outside the body line. It was a little bit... It was kind of in the running motion, so 50-50. Oh, the, the player clearly leans into the path of the ball. Nope. The, pl- the ball travels some distance. Nope, it was point blank. The ball touches a hand arm that is clearly raised above the shoulder. Nope. The player falls and hand arm is extended laterally or vertically away from the body. Nope. So for me, that doesn't meet the criteria for a handball in the box. So Tony Mowbray back in your box. Um, for me, no penalty. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what one nice as well, though. It's first time I've seen it because it gets me a bit pissed off when town fans sometimes have grudges against ex-players. But Jordan Rhodes got a reception for a king there, mate. Mm. And it was nice to see. It, it was nice to see. You know, we've seen you know, we've seen some of our players come back and get some stick, and I'm thinking, I don't get it, but Top lad, mate, top lad, it, Jordan. You can't hate Jordan Rhodes, can you? He's just such a nice bloke, isn't he? There's no way you can dislike this guy. He's just he's just such a nice, no. unassuming guy, isn't he? And interviews really well and good role model for for everybody, you know, for for kids and Andy and what have you. And you can't dislike Jordan Rhodes. He's just just a nice bloke, isn't he? Just a really nice bloke. Yeah, and, and yeah. you got to give Blackburn fans credit as well because I saw that as well that they were you know gave him a big round of applause, didn't they? And you know it was reciprocated. So you know, well done to the Blackburn fans on that one. Uh, individuals who stood out. So I can't believe the uh, the Christmas we've had. Oh, but individuals, cause who stood out? We've mentioned that? Levi Colwell. You know what what amazes me about Levi Colwell is he's so cool on the ball in pressure situations. There's a few times against Nottingham Forest where two or three players pressed him and he finds a reverse pass on his, on his weaker foot to, you know, to Oliver Turton at the other side of the pitch. He's so good on the ball. So good. And it's the thing that really impresses me is when the ball goes to the striker, he gets these little foots, you know, he gets his foot in all the time. You know what I mean? And he's not, he's strong and he's, but he's not a brute or anything at the back. He's just so clever. 
you know, and how he gets his foot in. And, and this guy's going all the way to the top. He is such an outstanding footballer. And I think we're very lucky to see him at Huddersfield this season, you know, to have him it's for the year. He's great. Like it's kind of ironic and how late, and it's a bit harsh in it, really, because obviously the Premier League's different to our standard, but Mr. Shalabar made a complete balls, didn't he, against uh, mm. Liverpool. And, and But the only way he is on it, I mean, I don't know on the contract how watertight it is, Matt, but Paul's made a good point today on our uh, internal communications uh, group, uh, WhatsApp, but a lot of Premier League teams are recalling these loanies back just because of the uh, the COVID situation, but it kind of makes me laugh, because the, but yet they won't play, they'll get games called off and they won't play these guys, but yet they'll call them back, so let's just hope that Tuchel... Uh, yeah, there's the, there will be every, every, every loan... Uh, every season-long loan has a break contract. There's a there's a set point in January where you can you can actually recall them. But I wouldn't imagine Chelsea will enact that. I think they've got quite a. Although he was he was whinging about the squad, wasn't he? But he was whinging about having to play under twenty three players. Tuckle and you know Colwell's an under eighteen for Chelsea, so you know we should be all right. <laughs> so can have Naby Sam. Yeah, send them now. Naby's all right. Bless him. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so. You know, talk about players. Matty Pearce. That's what I mean. I just think it should, it's, sorry, Matt. It shows our, you know, strength in depth a little bit more that, you know, Sar would have started every week uh, last season, along with mm. Edmunds Green, obviously, you know, doing well mm. uh, down there, yes. getting some rave reviews. But we, we've improved the uh, the back line, mate, and it's there for all to see. Two clean sheets at Nottingham and Blackburn, sensational. Mm. Uh, Matty Pearson, another one stands out to me, guys. You know, Matty Pearson, not, I wouldn't say he's my favourite player because I like, you know, your Colwell's type centre backs, you know, who can pass and really good under the thing. But Matty Pearson's like the opposite end of the scale. But it's almost like we've got this back three and we've got the really classy player in Levi Colwell who will go on to great things. You know, he's, he's great with the ball at his feet, good interception, reads the game well. Then you've got the old, well, not really old, that old, is he, Tom Lees? You know, he's, he's younger than us. You know, he's stood in the middle of the back three, you know, orchestrating, you know, the puppeteer, you know, talking, organising. And he's he's a quality player, is Tom Lees. And then you've got your butcher on the right-hand side, you know, you, you, you sort of, the man who, you know, Matty Pearson. Matty Pearson, you know, if he stands at Manchester Airport, he's going to head aeroplanes away from, you know, from, the, from landing. You know, he's such a, a tough lad, isn't he? And he'll just put his, he'll put any part of his body in line to stop a goal and you, you've got to love that about him and I thought he was outstanding against Blackburn really outstanding everything that came into the box he just absolutely hoovered up and I just thought he was he was brilliant and there are times where I watch him and I think meh not sure about Mike Pearson but over this period I think he's been exceptional and you know you've got to when you know when, when a player plays well I think it's only fair that you give the praise you know if, you, if you're going to slate him you know, <laughs> you know previously or later on down the line you know you call it as you see yeah. it and I think he's been great yeah. Mike Pearson lately Matt, I think you've got to say it. I think you've got to say the same for Ollie Turton at Forest, mate. I thought it was yeah, he did well. Yeah, you know he's 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 doing jobs. You know, coming in and, and steady away, playing in unfamiliar positions. So that's what I mean. You've got to give credit where it's due. That's what annoys me when people are not giving the Carlos the credit. You know, they're still sticking behind this narrative that it's boring and this, that, and the other. God, you know, it's just like he might not be exactly rock and roll Guardiola football, but you can't argue with that Blackpool Blackpool game with exciting stuff the Bristol game were exciting you know I, I think it's I don't know I just think frustrating that people what I honestly don't think a playoff spot will turn people over with, with Carlos I think that's just it do you know do you know what it is mate really, really in my in my fantastic monologue which nobody heard at the start you know when I did the old Lang Syne bit 
which I did in about the space of 30 seconds. Uh, I put, I think the first thing I put it was, should early 2021's form be forgotten, never bought, brought to mind? And that is because when you judge Carlos Corbran, at the back of everybody's head is still that diabolical run from last year, how everything looked great and then all of a sudden everything went really bad. And I still think that's at the back of everyone's mind whereby we're sixth, but we might end up 18th. You know, I, th- I still think, I still think and unless Carlos pushes this through till the end of the season and we finish okay, I, I think this is going to be at the back of everybody's, well, not everybody, but a lot of people's mind that things can go from really good to really bad really quickly under Carlos. And I think he just, I think if we get through to the end of the season and we don't have a repeat of anything, then I think people will be more trusting. I've, I've become more trusting as this has gone on. Every time we hit a bad run at the start of the season, I thought, oh no, this is it. We're going to be on a bad run now. But he's turned it around every time. And slowly with me, I'm thinking, you know, you know, Carlos is, I think Carlos is doing a great job as well, like Cosy. Um, I don't love the guy that much. I find it hard to connect with him. You know, like you mentioned, because a lot of the players I feel connected with, bonded with, you know, in that football fan way. Carlos, I struggle a little bit, um, but he's doing a good job. You know, I, don't, I definitely don't want him sacked or replaced or anything like that. And the more that we come back and we, we turn games around like Blackpool, the more trust he's winning back with me. And I'm quite happy to say at the end of the season, if we finish... I don't know, top half. I'm quite happy to say great job, Carlos. You've got my you've got my full hundred percent faith and trust. And I think that might be it, cause you know, I think that was so it flipped so badly last season that I think people have got trust issues maybe. But I think he's winning a lot I think he is winning people around more. There's there's, there's plenty to build on with, with Carlos and whatever happens now, you know, now hopefully we don't do a plummet before. But man, I've got to be negative here, but sorry, but again what has happened to Josh Caroma? Oh, mate, this is still, it's still here, gathering dust. You know look, what? I, I'm not the conch. It, I thought he did okay against Blackburn. I hate to play amateur psychologist, but I hate to play amateur psychologist, but I'm gonna do it. His body language looks horrendous, yeah. absolutely horrendous. Do you know he, what? He had a good chance. Oh, uh, Matt, what well, he wouldn't just one good season. Well, he had a good season for later on, but. Mm. I can't believe it. He's not offered us anything. I mean, you thought there, there are bits he does well. Like there are bits he like against Reading as well. But when I when I put, I know he is. Yeah, when I put, I think the only thing that mine was sensational last year. The only thing, the only thing that kind of like where I'm a little bit unsure is when uh, is when I put that you know that top. I'm, I'm going to keep saying this, you know, on YouTube, look at our top 10 2021 goals. But when I put that together, I noticed on a couple of those goals, when we scored, everybody, you know, all the players are going crazy, apart from Josh Caroma, who's quite cool. But I don't know if that's just his demeanour, that he's quite a cool character, and he just, where everyone's jumping up and down celebrating, and he's kind of just like, meh. And I, I don't know, there's the, I don't know whether he's happy or whether there's something, his contract situations, you know, there's, there's that, I think that's rumbling on in the background, could be off-putting for him. I think there are times where moments this season where it looks like he'll cut in and he'll have a shot and you think, yeah, that's that's it. You know, Blackpool away, Cosy, you know, when he put that ball in the top corner, that was an outstanding goal. And there are moments, the little flashes here and there where you think, yeah, he's still there. Um, but I, but also, yeah. but also he's not really played him that much and it'd be interesting to know what's going on there. But I, I still think Karoma can turn it back around. I think he's a great, he's a great talent. Maybe he became a bit predictable cause because a lot of it is, you know, like Carl and Grant, you know, cutting on his right foot, bang, you know, and I think people are doubling up on the inside to him a little bit more now and he's maybe finding it a little bit tougher. But 
I don't know. I think he'll come back. I, I've got faith in faith in the conch. I'm like Paul Bearer and the Undertaker with his conch. I was saying to Brady the other day. I, I've got faith in him. I think he can come back fully, Josh Caroma. But you know, sooner rather than later, would be nice, Josh. And uh, hopefully the contract situation gets sorted as well. Talking to players that have stood out, I think we've got to remember Mr. Four and Four, Mr. Toffolo. Yep. Certainly over this last he's on my list. Game will be, the boy's on my list. He's got, he's got, to, he's got to be in there. Um, and I, I've, I've always loved the connection that he's had with us on the on the touchline. But yeah, I think he's uh, he's recovered the, along with, with Sauber, he's, he's recovered a bit of um, a bit of form. So, yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's been excellent yeah. again. Harry, if you listen, sign your contract, mate, along with Josh. You sign the bloody contract. It's New Year now. You know, I'm getting impatient. Get it signed. Otherwise, I'm bringing it over and forcing you. I'm doing, going to do a Lee Clark on him and, you know, lock him in a room somewhere. Um, but yeah, Sauber Thomas, sponsored by AKLD, obviously, Andy, uh, is, uh, has, yeah. has come back Welcome again, showing great form. And the other one I've put is Lewis O'Brien. I think Lewis O'Brien has been phenomenal. I know Cosy th- didn't yeah. think he had his best game against Blackburn, and I can understand that because his passing was a little bit off, you know, into, but I've put that down to the pitch as much as anything. But I think Scott High has done really well in a lot of, a lot of things. I think Scott High on the ball does really well off the ball. He struggles a bit more because of, you know, his, his body stature, you know, he's not, he's built like an under 17 still, isn't he? Scott High. So I think sometimes when we're out of possession, he can struggle a little bit, but on the ball, I think you look at the goals against Bristol city, um, Coventry, there's a number of goals where he starts the move or assists the assister, if you like. And, I think without a clever ball from Scott High, the goal doesn't happen, especially the Bristol City one where Sauber puts it on a plate for Danny Ward to head in. You know, that's a fantastic ball. So he is bringing something, but um, he wouldn't quite make my list of individuals that have stood out. But for me, I think Lewis O'Brien has been a real driving force. I think he's been phenomenal uh, in midfield uh, this season. And when you talk about players of the year, um, it's going to be really interesting. You know, at the halfway point, there's a lot of people, you know, Tom Lees as well, you know, uh, Lewis, Lee Nichols, all making a, all making a dash out there for the for the second half of the season, and I think that's going to be an interesting race at the end of the year. But well done to these guys because they've been a lot of fun to watch. They've been outstanding, and you know, people are you know like Cosy, you know, you Cosy, you'd lost the love almost watching Huddersfield Town not so long ago, and now you go into Blackburn, you go into Nottingham Forest, you go into Hooters, and you're absolutely turning up, and you're having a, you know, and and you can see you're loving it. You know, you you feel connected with these guys and. You know, Carlos and the rest of the players have given us something to, given us something to be happy and proud of again, haven't they? So you know, it's it's really good to see. That's where you come in, Cosy, and agree with me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think God, I don't know, maybe have a two negative at the start, but obviously, I think God, it's someone at Luton didn't want, and then MK Tons didn't even like. You want even their first keeper, and then. God, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, comes from there. That honestly, that you know, maybe it needed these guys. Well, it obviously has, but maybe the show ponies that we've kind of had before that you know, not going to do it on a, a wet Sunday in Blackburn. They, these are the people that you've just got to give the recruitment team massive credit. Yeah, Aaron's will always be chucked in, but they're not going to get everyone right, though, are you? But it's like these are fantastic. And Jordan Rhodes, from what we've seen, little snippets, I still get, I still think that he's got plenty to offer he's us. He looks sharp, and we know where he, you know, we know, give him a chance and he'll score. So, yeah, Pippa looked, let's say, rusty. Uh, uh, not <laughs> him, yeah. He needs another one to come back. Johnny Oggs, uh, not far away. Yeah. Aaron Rowe, obviously, being kind of getting. Yeah, we like Aaron Rowe. Again, yeah, so, we like Aaron Rowe. Good player. Yeah, I, I just think, though, that I think you're right, Matt, with Scott Iron. He's done all right, but 
I think if we're genuine playoff contenders, I think that's yeah. the position that needs to be. We're gonna we're gonna talk about January in a moment and twenty twenty one and I think yeah, I think Scott's probably twenty twenty two. Do you know I still haven't adjusted yet? I'm still on twenty twenty one time. Twenty twenty one was a really shit year for me and I really need to get into twenty twenty two. So I'm gonna move swiftly. And I'm gonna move swiftly to the YouTube comments. You see how I transition there, Cos? Uh so we've got Gerard Island. I like that. Says anyway in the noise coming from Watford in regards to Levi Colwell. I've not heard this uh, at all, but I presume that Watford might be interested in Levi Colwell. I did hear another Premier League team might be interested in Levi Colwell, but to buy him as well. Um, but I don't think anything will happen. I think Chelsea. I think we've been good to Chelsea uh, over the last few years. You know, with Trev and a few others, and I think they will honour that. Um, I hope they do anyway, because we, we're definitely not getting top six without Levi Colwell. But uh, yeah, I think I think we'll be okay for Levi Colwell. But after this season, we will not see him in a Huddersfield shirt again until he's like 37 and coming back coming back down, I don't think. But, um, Richard Hookey says, the squad has been built here at town. Had some good quality players. Add some good quality. I think he's had some good quality players to this squad next season. Who knows? I think he means add. Uh, Jay Singh says, agree regarding the body language, offers absolutely nothing in a town shirt. Present, Jay, got to believe in the conch of Josh Karoma. Uh, John Pearson says, maybe people can't connect with Carlos because he's difficult to understand when he does his interviews. Not his fault because English isn't his first language. I think there's some truth in that for some people. I think also, I think it's um, I think it's the tone as well, isn't it? Because I don't think Carlos enjoys the post-match stuff. And he's very one-toned as well. There's not much emotion. You know, Wagner, he was very up and down. Your emotions are here and there. And he was great to listen to. Um, Danny Cowley was quite good to listen. Uh, well, most of the time he was quite, you know, a lot of cliches, but, you know, there's a bit of emotion there and you get something. Jan Sievert was brilliant because he was, he was very emotional. Uh, whereas Carlos is quite monotone, isn't he? And quite serious and business. And I think, I think maybe that comes across as maybe passionless, possibly. But I don't think that's the case with Carlos. I think he just genuinely doesn't enjoy it. And when... When you saw him um, and listened to him you know, when he did the uh, stuff with the cowshed, uh, cowshed loyal and stuff, I actually thought Carlos was quite, quite good to listen to, quite witty. I thought it was quite decent. So I think maybe we'll see more personality come out as we get to know each other with Carlos. And we have to remember he had a full season behind closed doors without town fans as well. So I think he will be on his way back. Uh, also, and finally, Richard Ducky says, um, any of the back... Any of the back line for me, last season when someone came in, uh, we were leaking goals. This season, even with injuries, we just looked difficult to beat. And I think that's uh, that's right. And Jared Island says it was for a loan deal for Levi. So that'll be interesting. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, right, guys. Anything to add to that, Cos, before I go on? Your mouth's open. Only thing I would think it is, obviously, Colwell won't be with next year, but could Edmonds Green, you know, he's yeah, he's the as well as he is. He's right side, isn't he? But, swap, so, but yeah, you know? yeah, I think that's the case. But that might mean Pearson has to move to the left, or one of them has to move to the left. But yeah, I think I think Romani, they've done a good job there. And Romani Critchlow as well, out and out at Swindon as well. He's a ball playing left sided centre back, so apparently doing quite well. So he's got a bit more of a jump, hasn't he, from League Two to the Championship, or well, possibly Premier League? Who knows? Um, so we'll see, won't we? But um, BK8, um, I've become our official betting partner. Um, these are the guys that were dropped by Norwich. So where do we stand on this? So I'm I'm a director of a company. Andy, you own your own company. Uh, for me, if it came to sort of partnering with these guys, I would probably have give, I would probably given them a swerve, uh, you know, because it's not, you know, the Norwich thing's quite recent. Um, 
it's a bit of a hot topic, isn't it? And I'm trying to tread lightly here because on one side, their advertising was a bit unbefitting of a family football club, wasn't it? You know, the, the previous one with, you know, that they did in Asia. Um, and I agree with that. But they've also been working quite hard to repair that as well. And they've ditched that marketing, of, they've ditched that marketing company who did that for them. They've brought in Kelly Smith as an ambassador and tried to make changes, you know, to, to how they do things. Um, for me, I'm tempted to say it's a little bit, cancel culture in a way and the question really is how long does something stay cancelled and are you allowed to make amends for errors of the past so you know i think that's where i'm at with it whereas i would have given them a swerve personally because of the everything that comes with it you know in the past but how long are you allowed to you know and make amends for yourself you know are you allowed to move in a different direction and i think that's where i'm at i agree with and the letter that uh Jali Shoggy wrote um, on Twitter as well. I thought it was very well put, very well written as well, and I agreed with it. But I think the only sort of counter I can offer is how long do you say no to BK? Are they allowed to come back from that? And, you know, and jump in, Andy. You've, I think you've hopefully got something to say because I'm starting to waffle a bit. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sort of with you on it. Um, I don't know when the... The advertising happened. It certainly Ferrari was six months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So that doesn't feel long enough for their brand to have re-established itself in a lot of people's eyes. And I think that's a lot of the reason why there was the the outpouring of, of, of very justified rage about the, the stuff that they've done with Norwich and and, mm. and what have you. Um, I think one of the things that um, when Town made the announcement, there was a bit, there was a thing about. Um, they'd checked in with the company and they'd looked at their values, and that's a bit of corporate speak, isn't it? You know, but they'd they'd obviously anticipated the fact that people would not be happy with that. I think the, the Kelly Smith thing is 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 a definite attempt to um, to add a bit of credibility to to the organisation. Would I have gone with them? Probably not, uh, given what had happened in the past. But I think they should be given a chance. One of the things that I, in my very tiny dealings with with town, um, when I when I started doing the sponsorship for well, it was Fraser Campbell last year, and it was sober this year, um, I had um, a really good conversation with Ian Burtley, who I think is the the, the, the chief commercial guy. <clears throat> I think he's taken over from like the Sean Jarvis role. Yep. Really impressed me in the way that he listened to me. Was really honest about the feedback that I gave him about the way they wanted to renew the the shirt sponsorship with me. Um, I wasn't impressed by how it was handled, but they listened to me, put it right. And if they tell me that they've gone off and done that, based on my very limited interactions with town, I believe them. So I believe that they've, they've made the choice with the, with the right intention. Now, whether they should have made that choice is maybe a different matter. And I think I will, but one of the things that I've noticed recently is there's a lot more partnerships coming on board. There's a lot more commercial stuff happening. Um, I know there was the strikes thing that people didn't like. Mm. Um, and people will always find what they're looking for, won't they? So if you don't like what the club do, you'll find the reason why. If you're a bit like me and, and, and a bit of a happy clapper and do gooder, you'll find the reason why it's okay. Um, so I think we've just got to respect that people will have different views on it. I wouldn't have gone with them, but I trust Town's intention behind it, and I think they will have done the the due diligence behind it to make sure that they're not going to repeat it. I had a quick flick through um, their website, BK's website, before we came on tonight, and then there's nothing on there that, that would make me go, oh, that's terrible. There's one or two um, tabs for websites that have got 
women attached to it, but they're all, you know, perfectly. That's just your search history, yeah, isn't it? And it looked like they'd have cleaned up their act from the stuff, because the stuff they put out before was disgraceful. Yeah. Um, and it looks like they've, they've cleaned up their acts. Now, whether we, we need a, a global betting partner, Nah, I don't know. Not for me, but that's a different. That's a different argument, isn't it? Mm, I think I agree with you 100 percent on that one. I, I'd have probably given them a swerve because I'm not sure there's enough time. But you know, I think at, at some point, you know, companies have got to be allowed to make an amends. But I'd have probably swerved it. But anyway, uh, not linked to that is, uh, by all accounts, is Mark Devlin who has left his role as CEO, uh, Dean Hoyle, to uh, step into that particular role. Uh, from what I understand, it was quite amicable. Um, and maybe, maybe sort of uh, the the border wanting to bring in a different man and, and go in a different direction. Um, maybe he suffered a bit from being Phil's appointment, possibly. Uh, I think he's had a bit of a tough gig with the majority of his role when we were behind closed doors and was cost cutting quite, you know, quite harshly at times. Uh, it's, it's hard to judge the guy, to be honest. Uh, but safe to say, I don't think a lot of town fans really took to him based on a few things like tweeting, you know, how amazing Brentford were a couple of times and. Um, and you know, appearing to sort of have the begging ball out, didn't they? You know, on TV, you know, with with regards to you know uh, behind closed doors and COVID and the TV deals, etc. Um, that and I think him being very London centric, I don't think Huddersfield people take well to a a strong London accent, do they? You know, Danny Cowley, I think's kind of got the same sort of treatment in a lot of ways. But uh, it's it's a hard hard one to, to judge for me, Mark Devlin. Um, all the best, Mark. Um, never got to know him. Never had to mix circles with him. Um, don't really have much of an opinion on him. I know a few people don't really like him and I've got no issue with that. Um, nowhere for me to really go on that other than, you know, all the best. Yeah. yeah. So We don't really know anything about him, do we? Mm. Um, we, we um, I was pleased he brought in the uh, the updates, seemed to be weighted on and then, then poured all over by, by, by people, myself included, to see if we could read stuff into it. I think you're absolutely right in that he suffered from being both a victim of COVID and and an appointment of Phil. Um, just didn't cover himself in glory for me, mm. uh, and uh, and I'm not bothered that he's gone. So no, I'm a, I'm a little bit like that. Yeah, mm. I'm a little bit like that. Um, and and the other thing that the ah, the guy, honestly, what what has he did he bring us to do? Nothing. I I thought it said it all like Dan Rowan and a guy I can't stand in it. Anytime there's any shitstorm in sport, any negativity, any drugs thing, any racing, any, anything horrible to do with sport, you'll get Dan Rowan. So, so Matt Devlin had said nothing. We didn't even know anything about him. No, there was nothing on the website, no videos, no nothing. And then all of a sudden he came out of the woodwork for that Dan Rowan thing when he came up and obviously got the violin out. And I just thought that, that just left a sour taste to me. Obviously there were the Twitter spats, but you know, some people could be nasty on there and that as well. And, I just thought it were reactive stuff that, you know, I know what you're saying, Andy, with the updates, and but that were only because Pete, back to, he wanted a proactive remove from him, for me, it was just, people were asking for it and he'd give it. He were, yeah, I get that, you know, following Sean, but probably like Alex Ferguson and what else. He followed Julian Winter, didn't he? Yeah. To be honest, he's followed yeah. Julian Winter who followed Nigel Clibbins, so I don't think we've ever had a popular yeah. person in that yeah. role, have we? Yeah, I just thought it were a good news, 
I just thought it was a good news story when I saw the news and that as well, and it kind of made my uh, Christmas a, b- a bit happier. And obviously the results followed. So yeah, yeah sorry, Mark. John Pearson says he's a QPR fan, which people didn't like about him. I didn't know he was a QPR fan. I, I just thought he seemed quite quite happy with Brentford. But there we go. Um, but yeah, Mark Devlin's moved on. Again, one of those. I don't think too many people will be that bothered. A few people seem quite happy about it. I don't really care either way. Um, hopefully they get. What is going to happen though? Hopefully, see. Um, what is happening though with our well, club? Well, we'll that, go to see what's. What is the next? What is, what is going on next? Well, what we're going to do, Cos, is uh, just a moment. We're going to say, what do you want to see in 2022, not 2021, Matt? Let me change that very quickly. Um, the last thing as well that's been doing the rounds with town fans is the pure legal debts. Um, these show just under half a million owed to Huddersfield Town from little bits they understand, but can't confirm 100% because I, I don't 100% know. Uh, it seems like it's likely to be sponsorship money. Um, and me putting two and two together would probably think it's probably from the shirt stuff um, last season where Phil said he'd uh, have to plug the gap, you know, when they had the local businesses on the shirt. So I presume that it's probably from something like that. But um, I don't really have anything else to add on that, really. Um, there's a few people have suggested something else, but it, it couldn't possibly be anything underhand with the way that football clubs operate. No, I just think the biggest, you know, with... We've done. We've overachieved with this foot, with his team, and that. But the biggest thing is all underpinned. What is Dean's plans? What is he here to sell it on? Well, let's go to let's go to what we want to see in 2022, and I think this will lead us nicely into. uh, Let us know online as well what you want to see from Huddersfield Town in 2022. And I believe one thing Mr. Kuzmala wants to see in 2022 is with Mr. Hoyle. Sorry, there, Cos. I've just had to tee you up. No, it's not. It's not. It's like anything. You work for a company. You want to know what the vision is. Mm. You know, the company I work for very clear what the vision is, what the ambition is. You know, for the next three to four or five years. So you're all buying into it and you're all working in this direction. And obviously, it's happened really quickly. Or has it? You know, <laughs> Dean's never really gone away and stuff. And that's the thing. It's it's really weird, isn't it? Because like, obviously, this stuff must be going through legally and what have you and 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 stuff. But it seems pretty clear doesn't it, that Dean's going to be back. But is he back to pass on? Is he back? The only thing I saw was, and again, I think it was proper quotes, so I don't think it was speculation, but I think Dean, Dean said if we were there or thereabouts in January, he would bring some players. I think this was from Mark Devlin, what Mark so. Devlin said uh, at a ATT panel meeting, possibly. I think he said something along right. the lines of, uh, and I think someone else said something along the lines of Dean, I think it's been doing the rounds online that Dean's asked um, them to give him a problem to solve or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think Mike Devlin said that Dean. It's really Dean weird. I was chatting to a couple of guys at. I was chatting to a couple of guys at Blackburn who kind of know Dean or associates to Dean and stuff, and they they didn't know anything as well, which is really interesting. It's all a bit of a mystery, isn't it? And, he's uh, he's doing well at keeping it quiet. Yeah, maybe doing it. He's doing very well at keeping yeah, it quiet. Is it going to be a Radio Leeds job with Johnny? Is, is Dean going to be in the staff? Well, Dean, if you listen, it could be an Andy Dean takes that chance job if you're up for it. So, you know, there we go. That would be nice, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> I just think it underpins everything, Matt. It, it does, yeah. It does. We can talk all we want about bringing in X, Y, No, Z, number one on my list. Spots, but, number one, mate, you know, on my list here is... huge, mate. Yeah, I've put... N- I really... It's, it's unbelievable what's happened, but, yeah, it's... Uh, Back to the future, I think, mate. I've put number one, a clear outline from the ownership of what's happening, a new progressive CEO and a plan of what we want to achieve going forward. Um, I'm not asking for a lot, really. I just want to know, Andy, what's, uh, just want to know what's, what crack is, <laughs> essentially. Andy, what's your gut feel? Do you think Dean could get it back and get his mojo back and kind of kick it on? Or do you think that ship sailed for him? What's your gut feel about it? Gut feel is he's back in again. 
I, I think he's hopefully he's fully recovered from that dreadful illness that he had, and I think he, he's back in the game. And um, I mean, there was a lot of kerfuffle about him coming to games and getting some some abuse from town fans in the past, and hopefully that that's that's gone by the wayside. Um, I, I I think that he's he's pepping him up behind the scenes um, to try and get some. I think that's a big factor in why there's been some more commercial deals. I think that. That, that happens when when Dean gets involved and he makes things happen, doesn't he? So um, it, this feels like that the hand of Dean Hoyle is there for me. Um, whether that's to get it into a position where he can sell it on to somebody else, that could be a bit of a longer term plan. But I think he's back in certainly back in the game until the end of the season. But like you guys, I'd like to know. I'd like to hear that expressed so we know what's going on. Because um, without that, you, you just think, well, what is going to happen? Are we going to get any investment? Have we, has he, have we given him enough of a problem for him to want to stick his hand in his pocket and, and buy as a creative midfielder or whatever he thinks we need? So, mm, the, Mark, yeah. the Mark Devlin move seemed like a clearing of, like a start of a clearing of the decks to make way for something, didn't it? That was that was my initial gut yeah. feeling on that. So I think I think we're all quite just, no, I think we're all just all nosy buggers, aren't we? We just want to know, we just want to know, I think we just want to know where the football club's going, don't we? What what are we looking to achieve? And I think it just feels it doesn't feel rudderless at the minute, but we just just feels like somebody's steering, but they're in their own little private compartment, if you like, aren't they? So it'd be nice. It'd be nice to hear from Dean. I think you know it's been a while since we heard from Dean, and you know I've put one thing as well that um, I think it's a little bit down my list of what I'd like to see for twenty twenty two, and it's and it says a, a bit more belief return to the club and a bit more of a battle cry. Uh, we're six, but we don't really act like it. And you know, when we went up, you know, with uh, with Hoyle at the helm before from League One and the Championship, there was always a battle cry. There were always things happening, weren't they? And there was always that sort of, you know, you felt like you were not quite going to war, but you felt like you were part of something. And whereas at the minute, it still feels a little bit fragmented. And I think maybe a, a big battle cry from Dean, you know, you know, at Canal Side or wherever he wants to do it in the right sort of setting would really bring a lot of people flooding back. You know, there's a lot of people who become a little bit disillusioned, gone to watch Golker, Liversidge, whatever. And I'd like to see these guys, you know, be reunited and come back and, you know, and the, and the crowd start to swell a bit more and a bit more belief return that this sixth place isn't a fluke and that maybe we could do something here if we all, you know, we all saw during 2016-17 when the fans get united behind behind something, you know, something powerful can happen. And I'd just like to, Dean to really, you know, if he's the guy to lead you know, as back to uh, back to something exciting, and I think that really is what stands out for me, as well as a new ball player midfielder like Taylor Richards from Brighton. That is uh, that is also on my yeah. list. But there we go. But yeah, so it, it's the ownership, like Cosy's right. The ownership underpins everything, doesn't it? I thought Cosy was going to come in. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> I think, uh... No, I think it does. It's uh, it'll be fascinating to know that. I think uh, January is going to be Dean. Dean, he'll uh, he'll be out soon in in you know whether it be examiner or or radio leads or what have you maybe with us but yeah it's uh, it's interesting I feel for Phil uh, yeah I do yeah and I've had a, one or two uh, arguments with kind of people on Twitter but for for me Phil's left Huddersfield Town in a much better position than when he took over you know the people are throwing obviously the stuff at the moment with you know kind of the wages and what have you but. Mate, the club, he's had to make the big decisions, get rid of a lot of the absolute, God, I'm going to swear then, but some people that don't care about Odyssey Town, and I think there's a solid base now to kick this 
football club on and uh yeah it's that's quite i'm excited by that you know and, and if i want then there's no point watching other stuff i'm not being okay i'm excited for our future and you can't go to blackburn and go away from yesterday thinking well the other summer there's something to build on probably not a promotion season i'll be you don't you don't feel it in your heart do you but there's, there's there's stuff to build on and we've got foundations of a nice little house again now so is it Dean? Is it someone else? That's it's fascinating. It's going to be an interesting month this January. It is. It certainly is. Um, the The only other thing that I've really got here is that um, I think in terms of the fans, I think we probably, you know, and I cl- I'll, I'll happily count myself in this and it's a shame Poz isn't on here and I think Poz would agree. I think it'd be nice if we started making a little bit more noise home and away. Um, but I think that will come when, you know, the, the, the whole sort of ownership and the, and the reunification goes through, if you like. Um, and I think we'll, I think fans will start to believe. And I think it all goes hand in hand, doesn't it? And, you know, because we've seen when Huddersfield fans start making noise home and away, it makes, you know, it really channels through to the to the players on the pitch. And it really does do a good job. And, and you know, the, it's not been terrible or quiet or anything this season, but it's I've seen us do, I've seen yeah. us do great things, you know, and I think, you know, the, I think a lot of this football club and the fans and, I think we can do something really cool here. You know, we just need to get behind a, an ideal or somebody um, and really push it through. And, you know, hopefully that's 2022. Matt, whether we think we're going to get there or not, we're in the discussion, we're in the debates on the TV for promotion. It's incredible to hear it, isn't it? 9th and 3rd of January, Huddersfield Town, yeah, he probably bought them out. I think Sheffield United got about 20 games in hand, haven't they? But it's <laughs> like, it is, uh, it's, it's just it just makes me smile to think, God, we're in the discussion now for, you know, <laughs> for, for playoff. Talk. It's a great achievement, isn't it? Wow. Really they're, great achievement. Yeah, because we've got, you know, that just doesn't happen by a fluke, man. We've got some good footballers and yeah, the division might not be, you know, it's cracked up to be, but we've got some really good footballers. I think we, you know, we shouldn't forget that, you know, and, and we've got a good management team that have done brilliantly to kind of turn it around. And uh, yeah, that it's incredible. That Middlesbrough game, that could have <laughs> walked out of there. I fucking, I was thinking, where are we going here? But we've stormed back with this incredible points all, and the Burnley game will be like you said, Annie. I think, I think, listen to Dice yesterday. God, we had to on his way home from there. He can like the end of the world losing at Leeds, but it's going to be two pretty much, I think, much changed teams and stuff. And then, then all of a sudden, I think, haven't we got three home games in a row at some point back end of Jan? It's weird, isn't it? How the the fixtures have have kind of come together. So our home form's good. So. You know what? I don't know. I'm getting excited, me. Do you know what? Cause yeah, I guess, at one point, I guess, uh, oh, sorry, Andy. At one point, if we'd, if Dwayne Holmes had scored that header, you know where the uh, Kaminsky made the save. If that had gone in, we'd have been fourth at that point in play. You know, after 25, 30 minutes, and that would have been incredible. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Sorry, Andy, you go, you go on from there. I can't remember what I was going to say. Now. <laughs> but, but apart from, apart from wanting to be safe, because I'm, you know, I'm the the miserable old man of <laughs> the pod and. Get us fifty points, and then I might get excited. We got, some, we got, some, we need to, we need to make sure we're not going to go down again. One thing I would like for 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 twenty twenty two is a is a Sober Thomas goal at the at the couchhead end because um, he keeps scoring. Well, Wembley, yeah, it does. Uh, we've got do it, uh, Wembley and uh, Wembley final, mate. We've got <laughs> at the end of at the end of January, Cosy. We've got Stoke at home, then Derby at home, Preston away, then Sheffield United at home. So three out of the four. Are, are at home, nah, so that's and Preston away. We know how we do it, Preston away, and they've made a great managerial appointment, by the way. Let me just read out uh, the guys on on social on social media on uh, YouTube. Here we've got um, 
Gerard Island says, I'd like to see the prom uh, promising players we have in the B team giving a run if our push for the top six tails off. Um, Macaulay Senior says, yeah, he, Dean said, give us a, a headache in if He said, give us a headache in January if we were up there. Uh, Jay Singh says, agreed, really need, yeah, did, didn't yeah, yeah. agreed, really need communication about the direction and vision of the club and who's in charge. I can say it's, I've seen people suggest this online and other people sort of say, well, mind your own business, your job's there to turn up as a fan and cheer the team on, but... I think that misses the point a bit because you cheer on you cheer on the team, but you also cheer on the the vision of the club at the same time. It's something you rally behind, isn't it? And I think some people might yeah. might miss that point on uh, on Facebook. Uh, so Terry Mulak says, "I wouldn't be shocked if he's uh, setting up to be invested into from elsewhere." Although we need to push on in January, we've all heard these rumours of a, a mysterious investor in the waiting in the wings to come in with Dean Hoyle, haven't we? But you know, Dean has, you know, any leaks or information leaks from the football club, he has absolutely, you know, he's been on that roof hammering away. There is absolutely nothing coming out of the football club at all. So, um, you know, I've got absolutely no idea what's going on with that. I'll be honest. Uh, Macaulay Senior says, just seeing that we're interested in signing Keshi Anderson from Blackpool. He's a cracking player. You know, I thought he was outstanding against us and he's someone who's caught my eye uh, this season. He'd be decent. He's more of, yeah, more of a winger, isn't player. he, than a number 10, but he's a good player. He's Keshi Anderson. Um, Terry Mulak says, I don't see anything in that, although he was the best player on the pitch when we played them a few weeks ago. I think that's Anderson. And uh, 72 75 is the yardstick for, or 72 75 points is the yardstick for sixth place, says Gerard Island. So that's another 35 points or so uh, that we need. So thanks, guys, for doing that. I think final final thought, my Jerry, Jerry Springer final thought would be January transfers. What would you like to see, Andy? Uh, you can wrap it up and what would you like to see coming in January? I'd like to see a, a, mid, a creative midfielder and a, another a, a focal point striker that can go, that can help Danny work because I don't think we're going to get a full season out of Danny and I think we play better when Danny's the Danny type of characters up forwards up front than than the, the goal sniffer Jordan Rhodes it mm. seems to me in these last few games anyway so somebody who could just do something on a turn in midfield I don't think High can do it. Well, Brian's very much, uh, you know, he drives on, but he hasn't got that turn in him. So I just want a, a, a tricky... I want Aaron Moy back. I'll, I'll be honest with you. So yeah, Aaron Moy back. We'd all love Aaron Moy back. <laughs> yeah, so, Aaron Moy. So can I Thomas goal and Aaron Moy back, please? I'll tell you what, if Dean Hoyle just rocks up, at, you know, with the press conference with, with Aaron Moy in tow, then, you know, anybody who's giving him stick will be down at his knees, won't they? You know, sort of worshipping, you know, that'll be the ultimate... <laughs> Yeah. So that's all you need to do, Dean. Is you know, Aaron Moy is probably on about hundred grand a week in China at the minute. So you know, it's a bit Very of a, simple, an expensive one. I think uh, same as Andy, but same as Andy, but just keeping hold of everyone as well. You know, but you know what, mate? This is going to be so controversial because I know you love him and that. But if Tuffalo went and don't you don't you give my don't you give Harry some stick? You know, you know, I'm a big fan of Harry Tuffalo. <laughs> no. It's all Brian's the big one for me, mate. But I get money talk. Yeah, the chesties are, you know, oh, there's, they've been linked, haven't they, again? Um, but I don't know whether that's just. Especially with Phillips out to Mark. Yeah, he's well, not really a Phillips yeah. type player, though, is he? And they got linked with that USA. Do you know I don't know where they've got their, any money from Leeds because they said they didn't have any money and then they spent 30 million on Dan James. So, you know, if they've got anything left, who knows? So um, hopefully it won't be enough to prize Lewis O'Brien away. Exciting times as a town fan <laughs> and God. Barren two seasons, aren't we? Of just misery and stuff, and we've got it back now, aren't we? And if Dean's got his mojo back, man, it could, anything could happen. It's it's brilliant just to be thinking. I'm still reading it. We can't be going for playoffs, can we? <laughs> I don't know, mate. I tell you, a couple of players in January, and we could very much 
end up up there. And I think it, yeah. I think they need to be good players. I don't think you know the the players that I've put because I think I think the problem with January is there are a lot of games being called off in the Premier League due to COVID and I co- I don't get me started on COVID and injuries. There's a couple of football clubs I think are completely taking the piss where they've gone. Oh, we've got a couple of COVID issues. Oh, but we've also got this long injury list. It's like, when has a club ever been able to call a game off for injuries? It just doesn't happen. I remember Middlesbrough trying it once in the 90s and they got deducted two points. So, you know, I think I think that needs to be knocked on the head now with, with teams crying off with injuries. But moving on from that and, uh, you know, clubs in the not too distant uh, vicinity, um, I think for us, you know, it's going to be very difficult to get young players because of the amount of games being called off and the build-up of games in the Premier League. I can see teams holding on to players a lot more or definitely waiting right until the end of January you know you know so it may may have to be a patient wait for us you know to the end of the month but I can just see that clubs are kind of like holding on to them and just saying look we've got 20 games in space of three months coming up we need as many players here as possible because we're going for x y and z so I think it's going to be a, a bit of a frustrating run but I would like to see a player like Taylor Richards from Brighton he was at Doncaster last year Ball playing midfielder can play at eight and ten. Really good player, left footed, uh, and uh, the lad at Arsenal, Fola Balogun. Um, you know, I think Middlesbrough and a few others were linked with him, but they've gone elsewhere. So hopefully, somebody like that. I know he's a young lad, and Danny Ward. If we, you know, we, you might need someone a bit more experienced to to sort of like interchange with Ward. But um, from what I understand, Meepo will be back if he's not back already with West Ham straight. You know, so. You know, I think we might need to uh, replace that. that 50 point mark. I agree, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> get us that 50 points, get us over the line, and we're all right. You know what, Cosy? You'll like this one. John Pearson says on YouTube, we only need another five or six points. 45 or 46 points should be enough to stay up. We're almost there. So there you go. So priorities. Um, Gerard Island says, um, 32 to 35 from 20 games could see us in the top six, which would be great. Uh, I think with the way this season's going and the fixtures, I think, you know, I think he's right. 32, 35 you know, from the remaining would see us in that top six. Um, Terry Mulak says centre midfield and left back. Don't feel like we have a backup uh, left back to cover Toffs if he's injured because Ruffles doesn't seem to be favoured by Carlos Corbran. That's an interesting one because Ruffles spent a lot of time out with COVID, didn't he? And the after effects of COVID. So it's going to be interesting to see if Ruffles plays at Burnley. He's a big, big boy. Isn't he's got you know? six foot, isn't he? Yeah, got six foot. How tall is he, man? I couldn't believe it yesterday. Yeah, so I'm at Blackburn. Like, what the hell are you? Oh, mate, Adam Cottrell sent a uh, a little a little thing here that says the Chinese Super League is financially on its knees. Dean, go get Aaron Moy. Make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> Bring Aaron Moy back where he belongs, because that would be outstanding. I don't go back, mate. Oh, Aaron Moy. Aaron Moy could play in our midfield till he's forty years old. You know, he's just so good with the football. He would be. I think he'd be fantastic. But. Uh, there we go that's all I've got for this week guys I don't know if you've got anything else that you want to add in or we can call it a night no thanks for me thank you very much no James James Snow if you're out if you're listening to us out there you know come claim your prize on YouTube you know with regards to uh, your fantasy Premier League prize congrats to Denny Ledger who was top of the championship one Uh, because he's done one he's off to bed Uh, (laughs) and I think that's that's us now and we'll we'll roll start rolling through the end credits that is dear to its followers The colours are bright blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight 
And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily And every ghost shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, muck nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.